0: Talking about the things that make your home service business go marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast.
1: Makes me that much stronger,
2: makes me work a little bit harder, it makes me that much wiser, makes me, me, wiser.
1: Hello. Welcome to Fight Club, people.
3: (laughs) Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to Fight Club. Welcome to Fight Club. Hello, hello. Well, we have another guest with us here today, so super excited. We also got our new, brand new, improved uh, backgrounds in place. I need to not use my hands as much so it doesn't look like I have little
1: thumbs all over the place. (laughs) love it
3: (laughs) but welcome back to fight club everyone we're super excited to be here with you this tuesday morning Um, as you all know we're a group of self-employed industry experts here to really help you cover some of the four areas of your business so that's marketing operations employee management and your finances or your money. So um, what we're doing here is just really casual conversation. We have the awesome Jeff with us today. He's gonna help us talk about all these different topics and give his insight on how he's been able to achieve, you know, I'll give a little tip in the marketing side of things, $0 this year. How exciting, I can't wait to talk to you about this. Um, But (laughs) go ahead and introduce ourselves real quick. My name is Taylor Maroney. I own a co own excuse me a power washing company with my husband down here in South Florida. And I've also been in marketing for about five years now so I'm super excited to talk with Jeff today about our topic.
4: And my name is Megan likes and I am the co owner of Jeff likes clean windows and gutters, the founder of bookkeeping Academy online, and the owner of likes accounting company. And I think Jeff McConaughey might be like, he's, he's in the top two favorite Jeffs in my world. I mean, I, I met him, thank you, Martha, in February, and I am <laughs> so excited that you're here. I feel like, Jeff, you are a numbers genius. You understand business like few others that I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> and I loved spending three days with you in Savannah, Georgia, just following you around and trying to absorb as much information as you could uh he warned me when we're getting on to have my pencil and paper and i do so jeff mcconaughey our dear friend the owner of of extreme landscaping out of las cruces new mexico uh we're so happy to have you if you could just share a few words about who you are and what you're doing and and why you're here
0: sure thank you thank you that was very nice words um again my name is jeff mcconaughey i own extreme landscaping um we have been in business for uh, since october of 2013 um this wasn't uh, my
4: we're getting on by having pencil
0: paper and I do so Jack McConaughey our dear friend the honor <laughs> of extreme and <laughs> all right
4: we good now Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, sorry, sorry sorry for yeah, Megan. So, so
0: I was confused there so uh, okay. so th- this wasn't my first profession I spent thirteen years in law enforcement and this kind of just happened um and uh found out quickly after getting into it um that i had a niche uh and i actually really enjoyed being an entrepreneur um i really focused on the numbers from day one and as taylor alluded to uh, we really focused on branding from day one as well um other than that um, we have grown our company uh pretty fast um from from a number standpoint from employees and revenue and I attribute that definitely to tracking my KPIs and, and different things. Uh, that's
1: That's you. I love it. <laughs> Martha, how about you? Welcome to Fight
2: Club. <laughs> well, okay. I usually go last, but all right. Um, so I'm Martha Woodward and I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software. I run a maid service in another state neighboring state 100 miles away and um, try to help people with their culture all right now you there
1: awesome i'm michelle Myers, co-founder of pink collars and we put remote csrs in your business all over the country and we help all kinds of home service companies survive this year and thrive so we're excited to be here and jeff i also met you in february and we had a long late night discussion mm-hmm. with a bunch of people down in the lobby about business and it was really enlightening i love your perspective on business and i'm so glad that you're now an entrepreneur with us i think it's awesome so welcome to hey fight Club. Guys, thanks for
3: having me <laughs> great <clears throat> Okay, right, Jay. Jay, well, kick us off, I'm gonna, girl. I'm going to apologize now. Uh, you might hear some loud rumbles in my background. My screen might be shaky. I've been helping my husband today. Um, so I'm actually in the truck um, doing a mobile. Vocal- yes, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I apologize on that in advance. Um, he does have a very loud diesel, so it gets a little obnoxious sometimes. It's hilarious. The fake fake background, because it just looks like you're on a roller coaster. You're like... yeah, I'm, I'm on a roller coaster in the back seat of a truck here, and um, mm-hmm. set up on a truck, so it's a pretty interesting get up. I'll have to post it in Fight Club group later, so you guys can all see the madness. But um, what I want to talk with Jeff about today is one of I've talked about it so many times on the show, and I really hold it near and dear to my heart. And It is branding. And I actually even had a conversation this morning with my brother about it. Um, He's helping a friend um, with his new business and he was coming to me and talking about branding. And I was like, you know what? Tune in today to Fight Club because Jeff honestly has mastered this and you have. I mean, $0 on marketing in 2020 when they were in the middle of a pandemic I'm just in awe. Like, this is amazing. I
1: can't
3: wait to give you a little bit of time here to talk about what you set your foundation on. What was your kind of first initial, we need to do this, no matter what, when we were starting the business 13 years ago? Sure. So, uh, 2013.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Um, so right from the get go, um, you know, as a new entrepreneur and not not having any business background and and limited funds at the time um, I felt that it was really important to have people see who we are we were and I felt like that was more important than actually going to put a door hanger on or um, you know uh, other various methods of like direct mailers so we really focused on getting our trucks lettered up and um, branding from a color of a t-shirt. Um, at the time, nobody in my city was wearing any of the uh, any other color shirts we were wearing. So I really wanted to build it around that. And it just kind of took off from there. So our color is like a safety green. Um, you know, it's not new, it's not unusual. Construction workers wear it, but we just kind of decided to embrace it as ours.
3: That's so great because now um, now I know you said too a couple of things that you would do is in having them wear those bright you know construction lime green shirts there you would also have them like clean their trucks at gas stations and just like do little creative things that allows those big huge billboards that you've put now on your trucks on your trailers and allowing them in their bright green shirts to be cleaning kind of giving that per- kind of perception that you're cleaning that and well cleaning and taking care yeah. of and maintaining that landscape um the idea that you're doing it there but you're not you're just cleaning your truck so it's kind of a great little um i don't know how to describe it just a little like kind of idea that i never would have thought of because then now you have your marketing on huge street corners you said like it wouldn't just be a normal small little gas station it was somewhere that was a major intersection somewhere where you knew there was a lot of foot, right
0: yeah so i'll I'll fill in the viewers on what you're referring to um we uh in in the beginning we uh we were obviously searching for clients and i didn't want to spend money on billboard advertising i felt that our trucks and our trailers were traveling billboards Uh, at the time it was only like one or two trucks but um if they had some downtime, um i would have the the trucks go to a major intersection um and in particular there was like a, a a grocery store um so I figured, well, the guy's got to clean out their trucks, why not make it why not do it in the parking lot while they're sitting there as a traveling billboard dual purpose. Um, and, and coincidentally, what I found was, they would be cleaning out their trailers, taking all their equipment out, and people would perceive that we were actually taking care of the shopping center. Uh, because our trailer door was wide open and we were cleaning it, so it was kind of funny how that kind of evolved. Um, you know, I can tell you that that really only happened in the first year of our business while we were trying to grow. Um, but once once that kind of happened, um, then the life of uh, the the color of the shirt took on a life of its own. Uh, in our company um, because everybody started recognizing us by our logo and the color of the shirt to the point where other companies were copying uh, what we were doing and the funny thing would be as an example they um uh, i would go to an estimate and people would be like i saw your crews working at chick-fil-a today and i'd be like oh yeah that's great but the reality was (laughs) chick-fil-a wasn't even one of our clients they saw another company wearing our shirts and assumed it was us and that happens all the time all the time and it's uh it, it's very cool actually
3: that's a it's a great uh, point because what it is is you were initially differentiating yourself from the competition which is one of the big key aspects of branding is you're taking that shirt color using it to your advantage to differentiate yourself from others now, on top of that, you really said you focus a lot on your core values, too. And I was able to see that on your website and um, through your Facebook posts and things of that sort. And your core values and your mission as a company, that's something as well that I know you took some time to really put thought into. Do you mind kind of elaborating on what your core values are?
0: Sure. Uh, we, we focus on four core values in our company. Um, you're going to find out here during our talk that I love acronyms. Um, So we call it it CARE, uh, and it stands for consistency, accountability, reliability, and execution. You know, uh, everything that we do, we build around those core values. Um, You know, uh, are we going to consistently deliver a good product? Are we going to be able to be held accountable if we don't? Um, Are we going to be reliable? Are we going to show up when we say we are, and are we going to execute what the plan is, what the mission is of the company, Um, and so on and so forth. The good thing about those core values is they also pertain to like employees and internal structure as well as external for the companies or for for the the clients as well. Uh, It's however you decide to perceive those core values, their dual purpose. And then the ultimate goal, like on our website, as you're referring to, is that we need to have the customers and the clients and everybody else know us, like us, and trust us. So that's
3: honestly that's such a valid point, and I know I'm I'm want to make sure I hit a couple more points about branding. So we've talked about two big ones. And the first one is your company and your core values and your mission. And you established that from day one. So it's allowed you to take that through and bring your customers to understand who you are as a business owner, which is actually the whole why as to what branding is about. You need to make sure that that customer knows who you are and what to expect when they're coming to have that service completed, whether it's landscaping, whether it's a, a new AC being installed, whether it's a, a leak and a sink being fixed. If they don't know your brand, they don't know who you are, you're immediately kind of starting a couple steps behind. You're losing that first initial touch and that personal connection with them through that brand. So honestly, huge applause to you on that. That is such a great thing yeah. to see and seven years in business and you hadn't, because of this foundation, you've been able to not have to do any marketing dollars spent this year, which is unbelievable. And I'm so excited for you guys. Um, And then the other, um, the other little piece that I want to just talk about is how has this foundation benefited you? Obviously we know zero marketing dollars. That's one of the biggest things you told us, but what's one other way that this has benefited you having this foundation in place?
0: Well, obviously, it helps with bottom line revenues that I don't have to spend those advertising dollars. Um, but from a different perspective, um, it, it allowed us to grow faster because of that. Um, the reality is, is um, you know, up to this year, my advertising dollars were very, very little, um, very few Facebook ads. We've been very blessed, and we haven't. I, I don't want to say it was word of mouth. I mean, obviously, some of it is that but I really believe that the traveling billboards and the visuals um, have really done all the marketing. So when you talk true marketing dollars, obviously um, I, I've lettered trucks up and then the, the shirts are, are, are technically you know uh, advertising dollars. Um, the big thing for us though is um, not a day goes by, I go to an estimate or I talk to somebody or run into somebody and they're like, I see your trucks everywhere. Um, you know, and we, we have, I mean we we do we have 14 trucks it's not like I have a, a fleet of 50 or 100 but um the the benefit of of that advertising dollar in my opinion is more valuable than a, than than anything else we've ever done. Huge.
3: So amazing. I could talk about branding for hours and hours on end, but since we started moving into finances a little bit here, I'm going to let Megan take over and let her kind of jump in and start asking some of those awesome
4: questions about money here. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Sure.
4: And I love it because I feel like uh, there were so many things when I first met you that I absolutely related to. Um, (laughs) one of them is this, I don't like spending money on marketing. I like spending money on branding. And I love that it's, It's technically interpretation, but the idea that you know that the cost of your shirts and the cost of your, your truck lettering is advertising dollars. So many other people would throw that into truck expense or uniform expense. And I just, I feel like we think the same about how we spend money in our businesses and I, I just freaking love it. So when we were at the Quality Driven Software, maybe the best event in the entire world for service businesses with the best speakers, including dear Jeff here and Michelle and Martha. Uh, But when we were there, you, (laughs) you walked up on stage and you were after this professional speaker who blew our minds about video marketing and about like, it was like a Marcus Sheridan type talk. It was really, really impressive. And you go up there and Martha says, well, now Jeff's not really done this before, but you he's gonna wow you. He's gonna knock your socks off. And so like there's, you know, 200 people just sitting there like, who is this guy? What's he gonna say? <laughs> and you start talking about KPIs and metrics. And you did something with Service Autopilot who has a user base of thousands of users that I have never seen anybody do before. and. And it was like you were a pilot in your cockpit and you were looking at all these levers of your business and you were like, okay, I'm gonna press this one and it's gonna do this, and I'm gonna press this one and it's gonna do this. And then you get to the slide where you start talking about profit first in your field service business. And I was texting like every friend in that room, like, oh, <laughs> this "Guy, can we be his friend?" I had texted you, emailed you, and left you a voicemail by the time you got off the stage. And then I don't <laughs> think I left you alone for three days because yeah, that's a
0: that's a true story.
4: I mean, it it's is. true. So she true. was a stalker. You believe, <laughs> it? <You> believe it. Believe <laughs> it. Mean, I mean, but like, where have you been my whole life, Jeff? Like, and I have a Jeff. It's so funny. But okay, so <laughs> now now that I've like set you up and hyped it. I, I would love for you to tell our users and listeners who weren't fortunate enough to go to the quality driven software conference in savannah in february uh, if you're yeah. a quality driven user it's gonna be in cancun this year it's gonna be so fun <laughs> uh, um, tell them you know how do you look at your landscaping business and you know you you've grown i think you said yesterday you have 27 employees you have 13 crews i know you say it's not 50 trucks on the road but you have built quite a business in a short amount of time and I feel like you're looking at things at a very high level that is helping you make really good decisions. So tell us about that. Tell us about your daily workflow, your weekly workflow in terms of what are you looking at in your business uh, and
0: with your money? So well, thank you for the nice words. It's, um, it's so
4: all true. I mean, I think Jeff thought I was he was afraid of me for the first like 24 hours, but I think that, we got that's it. That's also true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, you know i I, not coming from a business background um educated business background i i knew that i needed to do something different to educate myself to be different than everybody else i mean let's be real i'm in a landscaping industry people have a perception of they got a truck they got a trailer they got a lawnmower end of story i knew going in that i did not want to be one of those companies that um that that only made it a couple years um i set my sights high and so i started to educate myself on how do i be different well what i was learning was that everybody who was failing wasn't educated they didn't know their numbers they didn't track their statistics and and that's why they failed um so I really made it a focus of of starting to track my numbers. The reality is, like the first two or three years, I didn't, and 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 so I use Service Autopilot, as you alluded to, on there. Um, you know, there, there's other softwares out there as well, and I, but I mean that's what I use, so that's what I embrace. Um, and so what I found was, um, as I as I started tracking my data. Um, I had to ask myself what was important to me and what did I want to uh, accomplish by doing this? So I came up with um, a little acronym again um, of BAG (laughs) and I love to say what's in the bag. So anytime I need to think about it, I say what's in the bag and BAG stands for this, um, where we've been, where we are and where we're going right so you got bag ben r and going and so when i look at metrics those are the three things that i look at um for for example um you know i look at current revenue, revenue versus last year's revenue uh, on a rolling aspect like um constantly rolling you know from year to year um and that kind of tells me um where we are now and where we are actually going it's forecasting like where i would need to hire employees and that kind of thing um you know for another one and and i have five so the, the, there's this is a big question that everybody always asks me is what what are your top three or top five you know that you track so one is revenue and wait,
4: current- wait and just to pause like after quality driven, didn't you make an email address that then? I think it was just to avoid stalkers like me because you didn't check it. But what? What the KPI or something wasn't it? Like I mean, you legit like you've got the KPIs dialed in.
0: So I'll tell you, I have a I have do have a small consulting business, and it's called my KPI coach. So my if KPI any. That's if anybody's interested in doing some, having some consultation, uh, I, I guarantee you uh, implementing some of these into your business would would generate massive revenues for you. Um, and so it's my KPI coach at gmail.com.
4: And he might uh, check it this time maybe if your name's not Megan Likes.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. so <laughs> number one was was revenue current versus year over year. So I can see where we are and where we're going. Um, number two would be budgeted versus actual time. That's actually like crews or people performing work, um, and that's that that obviously tells me where we are right now, um, and then leads and conversion percentage rates. So that kind of tells me where we're where we're where we're going, right? Because how many leads are coming in and how many we're converting them. You know, for, for us, a good goal would be 40 to 50% conversion rate. Uh, if your number's too high and you're converting it like 80, 90, you know, 95%, that kind of tells you, hey, that's an indicator that you might need to raise your prices. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, and then if you're obviously too low on the flip side, it could tell you that you're, you know, uh, that you're too overpriced. So really that middle line for us is 40 to 50%. That's where we want to see our conversion rates. Um, and
4: that will, that will depend on your industry if you're watching, right, So, uh, and absolutely. it will also depend on your business model, but yeah, it's yeah. good to have a metric that you can then track. We just yeah. raised our because our conversion rate was creeping up.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, I mean that can also indicate that, that, uh, you know, you're really high in demand. Um, you, you have to determine whether is your conversion rate high because of of your pricing um, or is it, is it high because you're really high in demand, but that would mean that you can, you know, you, you can obviously raise your price if you have high demand. Um, you know, number four for us is uh, labor costs, you know, uh, and what is it as a percent of the revenue? So how much as a percent of the revenue is our labor costs? That's something that we track. Um and that we stay on top of. And, and then you track finally it,
4: do you track it loaded? So including payroll taxes, workers comp.
0: Yeah, yes, yes, I do. I do. Um, I actually have I have two separate reports loaded and unloaded. And that kind of tells me um if if it's you know as a result of increasing in, in payroll tax or it's actually, hey, they worked more overtime, like that kind of stuff. Um and what and percentage
4: the, are you shooting for in your industry?
0: from a labor unloaded um, 33% loaded 41. Okay, perfect. Right. Thank you. Those are my numbers. Remember, everybody's different. And and industry
4: will change and location will change, wherever you live will change. I mean,
0: yeah, absolutely. And most importantly, types of services you offer make that change as well. Absolutely. So when I'm referring to these numbers to you, in the landscaping business, this is my maintenance crews numbers. I have a construction crew, I have an irrigation team and I have a spray crews. And these numbers that I'm talking to you right now about are my maintenance crews awesome. because they're the, they're the most relatable to, to anybody that would be watching. Yeah. And then the, the final thing, the fifth and final thing that we track is our budgeted hours that we sell. So um, I'm certain I'm gonna be talking about pay for performance with Martha here shortly. And as a segue into it, we track our budget hours that we sell because that's what we base our performance pay on. Um, So once again, we can forecast what our payroll is gonna be and not to kind of steal some of that thunder, but we can also project now we have, by doing that we've stabilized our payroll and know and can project about what our payroll is gonna be that week.
4: Well, and what I love is that's something you were kicking around in February. And that's something that you've implemented since February. And I know you were probably kicking around for the seven years before February, but mm-hmm. I, I love that that's been a new thing that you've implemented. And I can't wait to hear you talk to Martha about it because it was just so fun yeah. to hear you kicking it around. Uh, Cuz I know it's something that Jeff's kicked around, my my Jeff's kicked around and so many other people that were at that conference were kicking it around. So that's awesome. Um, okay, so. I I want you to talk about cash just briefly because these KPIs are really helpful and I know you have them on a dashboard. I think you're looking at them every day. Um, And I like it because you you have reliable data that you can then look to and make decisions from and you've talked about how it affects your it affects your marketing spend which you're not spending it affects your uh, Your hiring It affects your uh your price that you're charging your client i mean you're using this to make good decisions in your business but i also love what you say about cash because we have so many business owners watching that manage their business based on the balance in their bank account and i think you have gamified that for your business so tell us tell us a little bit about that
0: well so we um and i think i'm i think i'm reading you correctly and you're referring to my report that i do for the profit first is that what you're Yes, (laughs)
4: Yes, okay. <laughs> like so it's like it, the stacks of money. Or, I mean, it's like it's yeah. beautiful.
0: <laughs> so we we you know uh, if anybody hasn't read the book by Mike McAllowitz called Profit First. It's obviously a highly recommend book. Um, but we we created a report in our software that um, basically breaks down and tells you how much money to deposit into each account. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people do this. Um, they do different forms of this. I just simplified it to, as a payment comes in and record it, it automatically tells you how much money to dump in each account. Um, and so each account, obviously, one's for labor, one's for maintenance on vehicles, one's for just um, expenses, um, and then an owner savings account, which is probably the most important. And the owner savings account is not owner payroll. So, um, you know, on a daily basis, um, we can get the report tells you, uh, you know, you collected this much money, put money in this account, this much in this account. And, and basically it has simplified, um, how to manage, um, our budget and our monies just by doing that. And I
4: feel like the psychology around profit first, what you've done is you've given the money a job. You've told it where to go before you've had an opportunity to spend it. And then you never sit there wondering where did it, where, where did it go? Where, where what happened yeah. to it? Because you've given it a direction and a place. And I know in, in landscaping, like maintenance costs are a real, real thing and they can be crippling. And you you've you've saved for it ahead of time. Every dollar that you've earned, you've already put it in the right bucket. Um and yeah. the report that you built is just beautiful. Um, I, I use ResponseBud for most of my reporting, and um, and I mean, you definitely. This is not a sales pitch for Service Autopilot, but if you are a Service Autopilot user, I highly encourage you to make some time with Jeff because it's possible you are not getting the most out of the reporting features um, from that dashboard that you've built because it's sure. just amazing. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I I just I love talking to you about how you look at your business and how you look at your numbers. Um, I do want to make one quick offhand kind of off Jeff topic, which is yesterday, the Senate put out some legislation. And so I just want to give you a very quick update about that. And it kind of ties into Jeff's number one KPI. And uh, they're looking at potentially this is not even a bill. This is just a proposal, but it was finally proposed in the Senate yesterday for a second round of PPP funding. And that second round of PPP funding will be based on your gross receipts being down from the previous year so running that report that jeff's talking about and it would be first quarter of 2020 compared to first quarter 2019 or second quarter 2020 compared to second quarter 2019 and they're saying if your gross receipts are down more than 50 percent for either of those quarters you may be eligible for a second round of ppp funding so i just wanted to mention that because it's hot off the press the other thing that i want to mention that i think a lot of people are thinking about and jeff you might this might even be affecting you is we have that $600 federal unemployment kicker that's been going on and is set to expire on Saturday, Friday, Saturday, 31st, whatever that is. And yeah. they are looking at extending it. So they did, the Senate did put together their version of a bill uh, yesterday, they released it. It's, it's, they're gonna take it to $200. So that looks like that's what they're planning on doing. So instead of 600 extra every week, 200 every extra extra every week, and the new expiration date is in October. So I just wanted to give those two quick updates in case you haven't been following the news or you don't know what's going on. Um, uh, And I think that these metrics are important all the time, uh, but they're especially important when when you when you're struggling, because I think for me, every client meeting I have, when I'm able to show them a report similar to what Jeff has built for his company, I think it gives you a sense of like control and understanding Mm -hmm. and freedom and um, Jeff, I think you—I'm assuming you've done really well through all of this because you have really good systems in place that help you make really good decisions, and you've been able to be proactive instead of reactive. And um, I'm just so proud to call you friend. So, yeah. thanks for sharing, everybody. And <laughs> uh, I think we're gonna go to Martha because you started talking about pay for performance, and I want to hear more about that. And I don't want to <laughs> lose the traction. So, Michelle, I'm sorry, we're gonna like yes, skip okay, around. We're it. just
2: screwing up all of the all of the order this week okay i love it <laughs> well first i have a question so do you have a do you have like a profit first account that's for your casino and your cruises and all of that <laughs> that i see you on i tell you I, what
0: I call me out <laughs>
2: i think that's a really good idea
0: <laughs> uh to be honest with you that's the uh, the owner's account the the owner's savings account um because um, we choose to allot a little more than like what's recommended in the book. Um, things have started to get dialed in from, from uh, an efficiency standpoint and a professional, uh, uh, a financial standpoint, so we we're able to raise that money and when the, uh, when, it, when it's set up and it tells you what to dump in there, it, it grows really fast because we do it on a daily basis. So you're collecting the money, the money gets split into each account. So you're constantly putting money into the owner savings account. And when that nest egg builds up and we want to go to uh, do a cruise or we want to, we want to do a weekend in Vegas or whatever it is, or, 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 or take the kids somewhere. We got it.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And, uh, really. Well, Well, I'm not the financial person, but I was going to say (laughs) um, for people, people have to figure out, well, this is pay for performance. Actually, people have to figure out what motivates them. And just as when I set up pay for performance programs, I know that the incentives have to be something that the employees care about and I'm getting what I need out of it um you just set up your own pay for performance system because you you know that's motivating and and you can see it but let's talk pay for performance systems for our employees and i know you had talked with me on like when we would talk on the phone you'd be like i need to get that pay for performance system going and i'm like Yeah, you do, you know, (laughs) but, you know, you had so many other things dialed in. It was like, yeah, you'll get it. And uh, but anyway, we talked a little bit and pay for performance has really helped you dial in your efficiency. And it sounds like, you know, your profit percentage has benefited from pay for performance. But you talked about that while there's good, there's also bad. And you were like, I don't know if I'm going to bring that up. And I'm like, and well, we all were going, yeah. I mean, we should talk about that. And because it is real life stuff. And when I teach people about changing their culture and you know, starting to adhere to their policies and pay for performance, I warn them that you may get a little bit of uh, exodus in your company because you're gonna start changing things up and people don't necessarily love it. And uh, <laughs> so let's talk about that. What did, what did you experience? And uh, let's talk about the good and the bad.
0: All right. Well, as you say, there is good and bad and there actually is ugly, Um, (laughs) um, you know, from a a good aspect of it. Well, first and foremost, um, you know, the, the most important thing is when you're trying to figure out a pay for performance structure that would work for your company that you test it out. And you can if you're good at tracking your records like on a performance pay you're obviously you're, you're, you're selling time to people so they're having to perform work on a time period. Um, you know, as long as you're tracking your data and it's good data, then when you try to uh, run tests before t- 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 to see if it would be a viable option for you, then you already have some data there to, to work with. Um, and then most importantly is you got to test out the system and you got to get your employees to buy into it. And what we did was we created a, uh, a test period of two weeks um, and we gave them their paychecks and we said, hey, this is your paycheck now. This is what you would have made for p for p That was the first step we did to kind of get them excited about it. And then the following two weeks, I told them I would pay whichever is more, their hourly rate or their performance pay. And at the, at, the, at the end of it, um, every every single day, every single employee made performance pay and not their hourly wage. So they started getting excited about it um, with the exception of one employee. Uh, one employee was the highest paid employee in the company. And so he didn't see as much of a gain in his performance pay as he did in hourly pay. But by design for us, um, we needed to hold him accountable for his work and not just get through his day because the reality was was um, from a performance aspect he was the highest paid but also one of the slowest and uh, Mm. cost us the most money Um, so ultimately it got ugly with him which I'll get into but um, (laughs) you know as far as the good goes um, you know that like I was telling you it it forced us to, uh, to to look at our efficiency and that is the most important thing out of all of it for me was when i say efficiency i mean everything from when they showed up to them in the morning to how they loaded their trucks to the process of getting out of the shop um, to uh, not stopping at stores during the day uh, three and four times i mean everybody's got to go to the bathroom but it does get excessive but for us on a management side we actually dialed into our budgeted hours versus our actual to make sure we were hitting our target man hour that we were trying to sell to people. And what it did was um, we figured out that when we went to this, it cut down on wasted time and it forced crews to think like owners. Uh, They needed to look at their own inefficiencies. like how are they going to make their day better, Um, make them think twice about all these extra stops and so on and so forth. but it also from a good aspect, it stabilized our payroll. And like I had alluded to earlier, we can now predict what our payroll is gonna be because we are paying them a percentage of the budgeted hours that we sell so um i created a report that literally tells me upcoming week projections it tells me how much revenue we're going to make it tells me what my projected payroll is going to be for that division in our company and um at the beginning of the week i could i could show it to i could show it to my wife or my 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 ops manager and we can kind of make decisions as far as um you know who needs more work, or um, hey, this crew's a little bit light this week. We need to get them some more money, um, and and we are able to make decisions within our company.
2: That's, That's great. That's great. <laughs> Have you seen your number of complaints decrease?
0: Um. Yes and no. I mean, initially, um, we did. um, well, first and foremost we have about a thousand customers um and we probably average three or to four complaints a week so they weren't excessive to begin with okay. yeah. um you know there, there's there's always that percentage that you can't make happy um but from a bad aspect of it, I'm assuming that's where you're going. Um, You know, what we have found is the employees have tried to find ways to game the system. Um, And by that, I mean, like they cut corners, um, which has recently led to some some complaints from people that we don't usually get complaints on. Um, But in a good way and a bad way, um, it exposed these people so you know we were able to 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 track you know who was cutting corners and who wasn't and then when you throw in the accountability aspect of they have to go and fix their job um because they've already been paid for it and it hurts them because they can't perform more work because they're busy fixing a job that has kind of taken care of itself um Mm. but it has it has backfired for us
2: well Do you know why would be my guess is I always say, I like, I'm a big believer of not incentivizing efficiency or productivity if you do not have the quality piece tied to it, like for, so we, in my service business, we do, um, we do bonus on productivity, but only if they meet a minimum quality score. So if they don't meet that minimum quality score, but they did tons of work, they, I mean, they're going to get paid their hourly rate, but they're not going to get paid the extra because I need them to do both. I need them Mm -hmm. to do high quality work in an efficient way. And that's what earns them the bonus. And if I didn't put the quality piece in, then I feel like what I'm asking for is to to cut corners and maybe not um, care quite as much. Now, I don't know that that's what's happening in your company, but like I say, that's something that I would look at and you and I have talked about that part and uh, just like pay for performance, I'm gonna wear you down on that (laughs) and that you get that quality piece in there because It, you know, talk about accountability, you're, you're doing the accountability for the efficiency, but when you add the accountability for customer happiness, then it, again, you do get some pushback because, you know, people, their, your employees are going to think I can't do both. Mm -hmm. you know what do you want from me (laughs) and i'm Mm -hmm. like i want both because i do believe you can do both and they can they can because you and i know that uh customer happiness most of the time it's those little finishing details that don't take a lot of time it's just that you're not cutting the corners and you are doing those finishing details so that you get the good scores, the customer happiness, so forth. So that's, that's something that we might talk a little more about, but uh, Martha giving you homework. Is This what's happening. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Out on the
3: back,
4: Jeff, we're proud of you. And Martha wants I you to take it. I guess
0: I'll have to look more into the quality driven software aspect of it. It's
2: automated it makes and, uh, but, uh, anyway but talking about kickback so your guy is like i don't like this
0: right? yes it was that 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 one employee that didn't necessarily buy into it because he didn't see the benefit um and uh his um his idea was that um he he felt like his pay should have been bumped even more. Now, I'll just tell you that from a performance pay aspect in my company, everybody makes $1,650 an hour. Um, crew leaders make an extra dollar on top of that. And if you're a trainer, you make an extra dollar on top of that. So, um, you know, transparency wise, he was making 1850 an hour, um, which is pretty decent money in my area. Um, and um, what's that?
2: What's your minimum
0: wage? Our minimum wage here is ten twenty an hour. Oh,
2: okay.
0: So, so he was he was making well over minimum wage. Yeah. Um, you know he, so the ugly part of it was that he got a call back to a client's house, and he knew he was already had a chip on his shoulder um, from the the P four um, P payment system. And he knew that if he had to go do a callback, that it was going to affect him. Well, to be fair and transparent, this lady had called back three times in a row on his visits. Um, And the last one was just simply he didn't read the instructions on what he needed to do. Like he didn't even do it. So it was a justified complaint. Well, he got angry and basically said that he wasn't going to return to the house and that I could send somebody else. And, um, Obviously that's, that's not the route to go. And, you know, I proceeded to tell him, um, you know, that I gave him the ultimatum and that he needed to do it and he chose not to do it and had some choice words for me. And obviously his employment terminated with us at that point in time. Um, but, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. And that, that's a negative side. But I mean, was it really that negative? Because if he didn't buy into the culture and the, the idea of p for p was he really a good fit for us? That's yeah. the bigger question. That's the bigger question. Um, so uh, at the end of the day, it was the right decision. Um, but as as I just alluded to, you know, it, it really on a P4P structure, pay for performance structure, it really, really, really um, puts a, uh, an emphasis on company culture and if and and, you know again i'm using the word again to be transparent you know everybody has problems in their business Uh, you know if if i were sitting on here and telling you everything's hunky dory you wouldn't believe me so i mean we we have problems in our business and and they're right now centering around culture in our company um because one of the side things that i learned on p4p while everybody's making a lot more money you know them and us it's not doing anything for culture like money obviously isn't the answer to help culture and that has been the biggest eye-opener that i have experienced
2: there again we're
4: Speaking going to use Martha's language <laughs> Martha's language uh michelle you're not Love gonna give her the hook you're not gonna tell her she's over by six minutes no. i know no I I am not. i'm not i'm not uh uh-uh. i'm gonna let her go <laughs> oh man uh.
1: Oh, I love it. No, it's fine. Anything else, Martha? Before I no. jump
0: in and well, answers, Mr. Last, last thing, last, last thing on that. I'm so sorry. Um, That's okay. You know, one of the biggest things of going to a performance pay structure was um, was the increased um, um, net profit at the end of the day that we saw as a result of of, of looking at our inefficiencies and, and having better routes and everything and initially we, we did have a, a meeting yesterday and uh, I knew I was at like 23% 23.4% 23, 20, 23. profit margin. I looked last night in preparation and we're at 25.1% pro- net profit this year. That's insane. A... That's yeah. insane. Wow. It it is... Is...
4: In the year of a global pandemic, 25%, yeah. percent,
2: Jeff. That's, I mean, seriously, yeah. take a bow. Huge. Like, pat on the back, Huge. man.
4: Huge. So <laughs> okay.
2: I do have one more question. for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I love it. Let me ask you, this, Jeff. Okay, do you feel like the accountability piece has shifted some from management to the employee now?
0: Um, yes, somewhat. Um, there's there's a lot more that can shift. Um, okay. Meaning that I would love for the crews um or the crew leader to take more responsibility for things like um if they have a piece of broken equipment um you know that they broke through through uh an intentional act like here's a great example we had a crew working they drove over a brand new backpack blower last week with a skid steer by accident you know that that's 700 piece of equipment that they that they drove over with the skid steer and you know like little things like that on a pay for performance structure they're getting paid for their performance you know you, you can yeah. you can structure your performance pay if they damage equipment that a little bit has to come out of each person's paycheck to to cover that piece of equipment uh because it's not taken out out of an hourly wage is taking out of a performance pay yeah so the accountability is they they don't want if they make a break a piece of equipment they still have it in their mind that hey i'm the owner and i have to pay for it so like little things like that from the accountability aspect i was hoping that it would shift a little bit more than what it has
2: well when it gets painful for them it shifts well and i feel
4: like you're working on it and you have this cool yeah. dashboard that you were going to talk to michelle about yeah. like don't you have that cool thing in your shed that talks about like that broken piece of equipment
0: Well, yeah i mean Go ahead, Michelle.
4: It's okay. No, yeah. Talk to us about how
1: you're using Trello and Chromecast. You've got a TV screen. Like, tell us, sure. like, how you're showing sort of the metrics in the business to everybody in the business. Tell me about, and that goes right along with transparency. So, share
0: that. Sure. So, so, obviously, we we have a scoreboard that creates um, like a percentage of. Uh, of of how they performed the day before versus last week versus last month and they can kind of track from an accountability aspect that how they're performing right um Mm -hmm. and, and and all the other crews can see how they're performing um you know in the beginning we used to preach that it's all about team, no man left behind kind of thing. Somebody's having a bad day, you go and help them. And p for p is completely different now. They don't want help coming to them because it takes some of their hours away. So it did kind of shift from the team mentality to now each crew is like in more of a competition, which is good and bad but we use that on tv screens in our shop for people to see um and one of the things that we started doing was as you as you said was uh we use trello um Mm -hmm. but we we needed a way uh to have that 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 be able to post up because our office manager is working at home right now because of covid and, you know, I, I, I can be in my truck, I can jump on Trello, and I can type in uh, one of the four columns that we have, like uh, the crew walks in in the morning, they see a TV screen It lists in the first column, you know, equipment needed for the day. Second column is special requests. Third column is, uh, you know, compliments. Uh, the fourth column is complaints and return visits, you know, um, and then we have one over to the side for like equipment, but, um, they're able to walk right in in the morning. They're able Mm -hmm. to look at their Trello screen and see, okay, this crew needs this piece of equipment today. And what that has allowed to do was help with efficiency in the morning where the Mm -hmm. ops manager's not running around or the maintenance manager's not running around trying to talk to each crew as they're trying to load their stuff. Don't forget this, don't forget this, don't Mm -hmm. forget this. But that helps with their accountability. Well, it was on the board, it said you needed it. Why didn't you take, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Huge! And who creates those Trello lanes for you? Is that your office manager?
0: No, I actually set them up. But the beauty of it is, is you know we use Chromecast. So a lot of people ask, how mm-hmm. do you make that happen? We we use Chromecast in our in our in our shop to 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 basically uh, show the data. Um, mm-hmm. She can be at home and she can jump on our Trello board because obviously yep. you can share boards. She creates. Yep the complaint or the compliment or hey this crew needs to do this she creates it on her computer at at her office at home I can create it from my laptop but the beautiful thing is that anybody can add to it and that's in management that needs to
1: I love it I love it Trello is one of my favorite tools and it's free I think people that aren't using Trello it's crazy you should be using it for anything and everything so that's awesome Um, So, I know we talked about systems yesterday on our little pre-game, and you talked about setting up systems and not getting lost in the weeds, right? That was one of the things you said. So, um, tell us a little bit more about how you're gathering data and then sharing it with the entire company. Are you showing those pay-for-performance numbers publicly, or is that something you just keep in in the owners, you know, sort of fenced-off area, and then you just pay them weekly? How does that information get shared?
0: I, I don't post anything on any bulletin boards. Um, sharing of numbers more or less comes when I'm having like consultations with uh, with each employee. I'm showing them numbers. I'm talking to them. Um, you know, I'm very, when it comes to talking about the business and the numbers, I am very open discussion wise. Like in crew meetings, i will be like, hey guys, you know, this is the, the, the rate that we're shooting for. This is what we actually performed at. Um, you know, there, if anybody were to come and ask, I would talk to them but i mean i'm not we have people coming and going from our office so i'm not really too keen on on posting our stuff in our in our office as far as like anybody off the street can see love it i love Um, it i don't hide it if that's what you're asking perfect
1: no 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 it's perfect no it's perfect okay um i I love it. I love the fact that you have those things that are collaborative um, with you and your office manager. It's something that I know we do constantly, not only in Fight Club, but in our business. So I'm, I'm obsessed. My homework for everybody is going to be to actually check out Trello again because, again, the price is right for free. I mean, you got to do it. Um, and maybe we can talk about what lanes people might need for a service business and I might be able to put together something. So I'll, I'll keep you posted. Um, I guess I, that's all I have for you, Jeff. Tay, hey, you want to wrap us up?
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or start with homework? <laughs> I dropped uh, my roller coaster ride over here. <laughs> and then the dog, <laughs> <laughs> the second I got home. So, <laughs> um, homework, I am going to, we obviously talked a lot about branding, which is a very special place in my heart. Um, but I'm going to put a couple questions out in our homework and I just want you to take five to 10 minutes. um, Set a timer and just genuinely think about these questions. They're all questions based upon branding. It's only going to be four questions. It's not anything overwhelming. But it's going to be an exercise that helps you try and figure out exactly where you're at in your branding process so if branding something you need to work on this week and it's a great time to work on it we're still in the third quarter here you'll have a full rest of this quarter and the fourth quarter to continue working on it and really get you geared up for 2021 Um, but if that's something you need to focus on take some five to ten minute time this week and dedicate that time to your business because as you can see jeff did that seven years ago and look at the impact it's making now So those five to 10 minutes can actually completely change your business's path and where it's going to be in, you know, 365 days from now. So that's my homework for you guys. Love it.
4: (laughs) Um, So I'm going to have you choose one KPI. And I think that I would like you to use the Jeff model. So I'm going to remind you of what Jeff said were his top five KPIs. And I'd like you to choose one of these. And I'd like you to start tracking it. And I want you to think about Jeff's acronym BAG. And Jeff, you didn't even, you had like three more and I went to go get my notes and it turns out Martha had this cool notebook. So it's not in my normal notes, it's in the cool notebook notes, but you have all these acronyms like related to how you make business decisions. But we're gonna start with BAG. So bin, are, and going. I want you to think of a KPI that can tell you those three things. So the first one that you mentioned was current over last year. So looking at your gross revenue and looking at it for a period of time. Um, looking at budget versus actual time. So I know that this is really important actually in maid service and in lawn care. It should be in window cleaning, but I'm lazy. so maybe that's the one I should choose. Um, looking at your lead and conversion rate, um, this is one that I rely on really heavily. Um, looking at your labor costs as a percentage of revenue. I think that this is this is probably where most inefficiencies in business happen. And this is this eats directly from profits. So not understanding what you're, and this is across industries too. So labor costs is a percentage of revenue. Um, and then budgeted hours you sell. I feel like that's a little bit of a higher level, 2.0 level KPI, mm-hmm. but it's still a really good one to look at. So I encourage all of our listeners to choose just one. I want you to figure out where you were, so the bin, where you are, and I want you to set a goal for where you're going for that one KPI. Um, And I I love all the acronyms, Jeff, and I I feel like we could have you on every week and it would never get old. Um, But that's going to be our homework from the finance related side.
1: Okay.
2: And my homework is if you are not running a pay for performance system, think about implementing one and um, ask questions in the group. I'll be happy to help with any Any questions on getting started, but where you start is what are your problems you want to fix. And if you're running one and you're not super happy about the results. It's like it's better, but it's not where I want it to be. Again, what's not there? What piece is not there that you want fixed? And then it's like reverse engineering that you have to build that into your program. So, you know, Jeff, their complaints are low anyway, but what I find with a lot of people's pay for performance system, well, people who run commission pay, so not necessarily pay for performance, even though commission pay is a little bit, Mm-hmm. Um, with commission pay, they tend to get more complaints. And so you would reverse engineer and say, all right. So if you want this percentage, you have to be below this number of complaints or a quality score or however you measure it, but okay. that's your homework
1: love it and my homework is to check out trello i'll put a link up um, in the systems uh, area in in the group and then i also want to talk talking about systems i want to give a little bit of a preview about what i'm going to be doing um, for the retreat in october so those who have signed up for the treat the retreat we are so excited to see you and i'm going to go over slack and i'm going to teach you how to coordinate all of your incoming and outgoing communication um, through Slack. So email, voicemail, Facebook, messenger, texting, all will come into one lane and how you can sort of manage it, um, from one platform in Slack. So that's going to be what we're going to go over. It's super exciting. I, need that. I know. Do
4: you I no. you'll be my favorite. Can first. you just do it now? Do we have to wait I know. till October?
1: I, know. <laughs> I need that. I love it. And then, uh, we've got a quote for the
2: week unless anybody else has anything. i was going to say on your when you set us up fight club on slack yeah and we started getting those notifications hey there's an email hey there's this timeline like like, what is this about and then i'm like all the communication comes through there in one place (laughs) and it's pretty darn amazing i (laughs) I'm in the retreat, too, so you're going to rehab my communication as well. So love it. Love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, our quote of the week. And thank you so much,
1: Jeff, for joining us. I actually swiped it off of your company's Facebook page. So it'll be one that hopefully you like because it was posted okay. there. And it's from Zig Ziglar and it's your attitude, not your aptitude will determine your altitude. Lots of A's there, it's so that's it. So yeah, everybody just, have a terrific day. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I
0: just want to say thank you guys. It, it was it was humbling. It, it was an honor. I appreciate you letting me come on here. And hopefully there was at least just one person that got something out of this oh, that changes their business because that's the ultimate goal is just at least one person uh, that I, it helped. Yeah. It's
1: awesome.
0: Thank you.
4: And okay, you can get a hold of Jeff at mykpicoach at gmail.com. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. Thanks, everybody. You guys Thanks, have a great Jeff. day. Okay, bye. bye. See you next See Tuesday.
0: Bye. Connect with Fight Club for Business. Join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business.
2: Fight Club for Business.